0: Bilingual in America. Tunei elloga fi America. Bilingüismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America.
1: Serbilingue in America. i I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm Yarina Sanxiang And this is Bilingual in America. Hi, I'm Yarina Sensian. In today's segment, we explore the topic, second language learning and special education support. Can it happen successfully and simultaneously? This has been a long-standing conversation. And in conversing with Eliana Fernandez, a special educator with more than 30 years of experience, who has worked with infants, elementary school students, middle school children, parents, and teachers alike, as well as serve as a chair of special education committees, Eliana brings us her perspective, her expertise and her insights. Let's listen in. So Eliana, thank you so much for joining me. I know what a passionate educator you have been throughout your career, especially working with special ed students and families. I know this this has been it's been your, your mission in life, your passion work. And so I really appreciate you coming and spending this time with me. There's been a longstanding debate that special ed children should not um, learn a second language or, and then there are others who say, yes, they should learn their second language. You know, What is your opinion? Can a special ed student learn more than one language?
0: Yes, a specialist student can learn a second language. It really depends on um, not only how well that second language or the first language is developing the child, but also what is the purpose of that language. So in other words, if I teach my child since he is born, my language, which is Spanish and and I help him throughout his life, or at least his school career to learn that language, he's gonna have a very solid uh, background. He's gonna have um, very good uh, pronunciation of the language. He's gonna be prepared. However, if I don't spend the time uh, doing that, my child is not gonna have the basics in the structure of the language, which are going to allow him to learn the second language. Hmm. So it really, when you receive a student who's special ed and who is also bilingual, you really have to analyze what kind of background he has, where are his strengths in language, so we're not talking about math or science we're talking about language pure language in order to see if he is able to understand this other language or maybe he will not so it's in my opinion has changed throughout the years of my career At the beginning i used to say yes of course this child can learn both languages in every every subject, and it's not gonna be any problems, but as as I gained more experience, I saw that um, I would say half of the students had problems learning language, learning the Spanish or the English. And um, when I started to kind of investigate a little bit more why is it that this child is having problems with a, a second language and I, I used to meet with the parents and, the, and, and I get the information, I got the information that I needed, which is, no, we only talk about, we only use Spanish when, when we're eating, when we are saying, pass the salt or mommy, can I help you? or the mother said, set the table in Spanish and the child knows what that, what that is. So if that is the case that the Spanish, the structure of the Spanish is gonna be limited and it won't allow the child to be fluent with the, other, with the other language. However, if there's a household where only Spanish is spoken and the Spanish is spoken well, then the child's not gonna have any problems. He's gonna literally switch from one language to the other because he's gonna have that, um, that platform, that base, you know, that part where everything is going to build upon and he may have some um, difficulties with some vocabulary here and there, but he's gonna have the roots and he's gonna have the structure to learn another language. So that is my opinion on second language acquisition.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting to hear you share because I think what I'm hearing you say is that just like any child, if your first language is very strong, then it will be easy to learn your second language. But it's even more crucial for a special ed student to have that very strong um, language development in their native tongue.
0: And and, and that is why in in many cases you see that um, bilingual special education children don't have that many problems in math, but they do have in reading and writing, right? Because math is, is a more universal language. You can learn to add and, and to subtract and like I still, I'm still learning how to divide in in, in in the American way because I learned my way we did it in Peru, which was, which is completely the reverse, right? But I'm able to do it because it's, it's a matter of process. It's not so much the language that I'm using It's the process of numbers, right? But in reading and writing is different because if let's say in Spanish, you don't have what we teach in schools, which is the phonemic awareness. If you don't know the basic sound units, if you don't have The phonological, the semantic, and the syntactic in your own language is going to be difficult for you to learn, Mm. right? So if I know the sounds of my letters in Spanish, if I know the articles and the tenses of the verbs and the adjectives and, and everything, so when I learn in English, I just switch. But if I don't know what it is in Spanish, if I don't bring that with me and I am in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I'm going to have, have double the work in order for me to read it and write in English.
1: Mm-hmm. You give such a powerful insight there that I think it'd be valuable both for teachers and parents that really when we look at language, it's so much more intricate and that math is... It is language, but it's more process than language, and I think that's really powerful. You know, as a practitioner, you've been an educator now for over thirty years plus, right? Yeah. What are? Yes. Well, almost thirty-four. Not to give away your age at all. Oh well. But if only you can look at. some best practices that, you know, that we could offer in supporting our special ed students who are also learning more than one language?
0: Throughout the years, I learned uh, something that I didn't learn when I was young, uh, and that was, uh, that is uh, neuroplasticity, the, uh, the flexibility of the brain, and how flexible can be the brain to make new neuropaths? So, if you have that mentality, I think that as a teacher, you can accomplish many things that you, you think you couldn't before with your students. And you be, if you believe that if you teach students, they're little what neuroplasticity is, they will use it. Because I remember even my sixth graders when they learned about neuroplasticity and I used to say to them, think about your thinking. Stop right now. Don't do anything. Think about your thinking. And they couldn't do it because they couldn't understand the concept of think about your thinking. They say, how do you do that? How do you think about what you're thinking? Because we are already thinking. And I said, no, this is what we're going to do when we think about our thinking. And I used to explain that. So I think that that is a very powerful technique that you can show students to be, believe in, the, in themselves to um, apply more effort to whatever they're doing. And once you, once they see start seeing that it's going to pay off, they use it every day and they become part of who they are. And and as you know, learning is not just learning concepts in in reading, math, or social studies. Learning is in believing that you have the power to learn, Mm. in believing that, that you can do it, that you will make it, in believing that your effort is going to pay off in believing that uh, this is not that difficult. I can do it and I will. So that's one of the techniques that I I implemented with sixth grade students and that were so useful and so beautiful for me to see how they grew uh, using this technique
1: you know you have such a range of experience right from elementary to middle school and you you work with parents you've worked with babies i mean you really have a range of experience and a lens that's so wide uh, but what you're sharing is something that everybody can be taught to pause and to think about your thinking it's really thinking about your processing it's really making those connections, uh, bridging ideas together. It's, your answer is not a typical answer of read more books, you know? <laughs> which is a good thing. Yes, 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 yes. Your answer is much more insightful. And it will come about with reading more books, and it will also come about in your math and it will also come about like as an adult i'm facing this problem what do i do now like it's more holistic what you're sharing yeah. and, and i, I really and, and
0: the fact that i was that i was witness to most of those very behind um, academic academically students to make such such a big progress helped me to continue doing it me to continue belief that we can carve new neuropaths in our brains. And I saw that happening firsthand. Uh, yes, they were little. Yes, they were 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Um, but that happened to adults too. That's when you learn a second language as a foreign person, right? Let's say I want to learn French. I can still do it. Sure. I can still do it if if I put my mind into it, and if I prepare myself, and uh, if I get a teacher, a professor who can help me learn the uh, the basic sounds units of that language, like teaching a kindergartner or first grade student, I will learn that language. I will, even if it even if it is Chinese. Which is the most difficult language to learn? So, yes, neuroplasticity, it's beautiful.
1: I love it, and I'm going to research it right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a, a neuroplasticity expert. <laughs> so, our hashtag is speak your beauty. I know oh. there must be many ways that you speak your beauty.
0: That is such a beautiful question. Speak my beauty. I think that my beauty comes, of course, from inside. And my beauty is to help my students and the families that I work with. It has been a passion since I was eight years old when I discovered that I wanted to be a teacher. And um, my beauty is to give the best that I have in me to give my um, best, um, especially with the students that I, that I work with, uh, that I always worked with because they needed so much encourage, you know, and uh, so much, uh, so many words of praise. So that is my beauty. My beauty is to help the students that cannot help themselves, to help the students that they don't know how to help themselves to help the parents that they don't know their rights are, to help the parents that they think that if they speak up for their children to advocate, it's going gonna, gonna to look bad on them. So that has always been my beauty.
1: Well, I love that you speak your beauty as being a contribution to children and to parents. I mean, I don't think there's anything more noble or beautiful than that. So with that, I want to thank you for joining me for this segment. And uh, I want to thank you so much for speaking your beauty with me today in so many different ways, as you always are an extremely generous and introspective spirit. And uh, I thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you very much for your kind words. I enjoy our conversation. Thank you, Yarina.
1: Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us.